And in doing that, I kind of lost myself. Yay! This is actually my first podcast interview um, on Between Two Worlds, so... <laughs> we had it here first. Welcome to the Writer's Source Podcast with Ufoma and Faith. The podcast where you get all the juicy content and hot topics on the myths and truths about writers and the writing industry, especially in Africa and around the continent. Our guest on today's episode is Luam Tesfaye. Luam Tesfaye is an Ethiopian-American writer. She's also a fitness trainer and life coach. Noam is the author of the historical novel, Between Two Words. She's also a blogger on Luwami and a podcaster on Inspired by Luwami. On this episode, we talk about her novel, life as a coach, blogger, and generally a creative personality. Thank you for joining us, Luwam. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Luwam. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Faith and Yifoma. I'm so excited. This is actually my first podcast interview um, on Between Two Worlds. So ah, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming. Hey, we're happy to be the first one you're having. We're happy to be here too. Thank you. Um, so hello, Sosas. Um, how are we doing? Thank you so much for your love and for your comments and for following us through this season. Um, so on today's episode, like Ufama said, we are with Luam Tesfaye. She's the author of the novel Between Two Worlds. So um, hello, Luam. It's Faith. I'm Faith. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Faith. Thank you for having me. So um, Luam, how are you doing? Because... I know we've said it before we we got into the podcast right away that we're so excited to have you and that we're really excited that you're our first non-Nigerian guest. So yeah, guys, we're going to East Africa now. We are global. <laughs> so it's really exciting to hear from your writer from another part of the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you don't live in Africa, uh, Luam resides in Virginia, USA, but we know that Africa is with you and your book is literally <laughs> about Africa yes. and just about strong African women. So let's talk about Between Two Worlds. This book is such a powerful story about a revolutionary woman in her era. It was the yeah. 1950s. The book is set in the 1950s. And considering that you're originally from Ethiopia, this book is set in Ethiopia. It's creates a huge picture of what 1950 Ethiopia was like. And also, this story is rooted in your grandmother's true story. So how did that influence the writing of the book? And what what gave you, like, why did you decide that you were going to tell the story of your grandmother and other Ethiopian women like your grandmother? I'm glad you brought that point up. Um, so first and foremost, I am Eritrean Ethiopian American. I'm also from a country north of Ethiopia called Eritrea. Um, and my grandmother is from Eritrea as well, but she was born and raised in Ethiopia. And the reason why I um, decided to write her story is growing up, like you said, I live in the United States. I was born and raised in the United States, but my family has always kept a very close connection to Eritrea and to Ethiopia. And um, growing up at the age of eight years old, I spent all my summers um, going back and forth and at eight years old, when the government changed, my family moved to Ethiopia. So at that time, I moved into my grandmother's home. 
And she raised us for the next, I think, four or five years. I was a teenager when I came back. Um, mm -hmm. And in that time living with her, I just saw how powerful the woman she was. She never claimed, she never had to claim her power. She, you just yeah. saw she entered any room, you know? Yeah. It's just that the women from that era, just they held themselves with so much grace, so much elegance, um, and, and they were so sophisticated. But yet at the same time, you knew who they were when they entered any room, when they, they didn't have to, you know, claim who they were without you. You just knew. And what I noticed growing up is, you know, in my family, my father was um, he, he was a legend in himself. He passed away about 14 years ago. And people, you know, always talk about his stories. Um, and the same thing with my grandfather and my great grandfather. We always forget the women who men become these powerful, great figures, you know, and I didn't yeah. want that to happen with my grandmother. I wanted her story to be told so that women could see themselves in her and then take hold of what they want for their life and pursue that. So I thought of writing her story. Actually, it's funny enough. I thought of writing her story when I was very young in high school and I just never had the, the courage to do it. And so years later, as a mother myself, I called her up in the heights of COVID. I think it was like June of 2020. And um, she's living, she's, she was living in Eritrea, in Eritrea at the time. And I told her, you know, I had this crazy idea of telling your story. Um, and she, she laughed over the phone and she told me, you know, hey, stop, don't, don't joke like that. It's not funny, you know. Um, <laughs> she was like, just stop giving me a, a headache. And I told her, no, 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 I'm being for real. And I, and I gave her the reason, just like I told you both. Um, and she said, well, on two conditions, you know, one, you have to come back home and, and read the story for me. And two, once this movie, once this story becomes a movie, uh, you better have someone very interesting playing me. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I laughed and I told her I would. Um, and then I started writing and it was, it was funny, you know, um, as you mentioned, I am a blogger. So, uh, so writing always comes naturally to me, but it's never been for fiction. It's always been just me telling my story and sharing what I go through to help other women so that they can relate and then see some kind of, you know, solution to their problem. So I really had to dig deep and make it interesting so that people can find it funny. They can find it like, you know, they don't want to put it down. They just want to keep reading it. It's, it's a, it's a very light Friday night, Saturday, you know, reading that you just want to yeah. lay back and enjoy yourself and let yourself like, let your imagination run wild going back to the, the, you know, the 1950s when things were, were simpler, I should, I can say. Mm. Yeah, actually yeah. <laughs> things were indeed simpler. <laughs> Yeah. So, Noah, one thing about um your story, especially from the interviews that I watched and I and I listened to, was how um your story talks about um breaking traditional gender norms. Um. So, I just want to ask: Would you say that between the era in which the story um is set in the fifties and now, would you say that there have been you know, improvements in closing this gender gap society created? Sadly, I don't think we have had much improvement, especially not in Africa. I mean, women are still looked upon as, you know, just secondary citizens. And, and that's part of, of, you know, all the issues we have is that we, we're not giving our ladies enough credit. You know, a woman has to 
uphold the family, you know, take care of the children, take care of the yeah. take care of her her family, her mother, her father, her siblings. And then, you know, she wants to become women nowadays want to make more of themselves. They want to have a career. They want to they want to create their own legacy. But it's yeah. just, it, and it's sad to see that they're not being given that opportunity. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, yeah, I think, actually. Yeah. I think the conversation that needs to start is, you know, how, how do we get, how do we get on that playing field? Yeah. Very true. Cause there, there's still a lot of work to be done in closing the, yeah. the gender gap, just like you yeah. have said. Uh, and I think that's what women like you, Luam, are fighting for and, pushing for with the stories you tell with the, the the way you help other women. So um I'm just going to ask, still stemming from what Faith just asked you about closing gender gap, there are so many women like Annabella, the main character in this story today, struggling to break out of these norms, struggling to, you know, move out from the way, like you said, women being seen as second class citizens or women just have to fight and struggle to get a place for themselves. How would you suggest that women handle societal norms and break the barrier between the two worlds that is their own world and the world of the society that's a great question um in annabella's case she you know she was educated she comes home from a four-year college with a four-year college degree um, and then is told that she's going to get married um and she's supposed to be excited about this upcoming yeah you know wedding it's going to enhance her family power her power you know, it's going to give her a better chance at, you know, leading in society is what she's told. But to her, she sees it as, as basically imprisonment. She, you know, she doesn't want to marry somebody she doesn't love. She doesn't believe in an arranged marriage. And so Mm -hmm. she takes matters into her own hands with the help of her grandmother and runs away. I don't want to give too much to your readers, um, to your, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, she basically runs away right now, given the world that we live in now, I don't know how, um, you know, how possible that will be for, for women that are, you know, um, going through the similar um, situation. But I think being vocal, you know, we all have voices and I think it's time we use them. I think it's time we share. I think often as African women, we are, we feel ashamed to, to share our struggles. We don't want people to know what we're going through, the bad things that we're going through. We only want to share. Very true. You know, we want to showcase like, Maybe the the nice house, the the car, the you know the fame, the wealth. Instead of really saying like, no, it took a lot of work to get here, and I had to struggle and get this, 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 you know, or do this, this, and that. Um, and I think if we all voice our, our our struggles and we're being really authentic with ourselves, that in itself mm-hmm. is something that no man can break, no one can break, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think that's what Annabella did. I mean, and actually, I know that's what she did, and she did that until her dying day. So. Yeah, and I'll take you know a page or two of her book, and even though it's fiction, there really is a lot of things that that we all of us resonate with. You know, the struggle yeah. for wanting your own dreams, the the struggle for falling in love and understanding what love even means. You know, and 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 defying if it need to be like if it comes down to that, really defying what society conformed you to believe about yourself and what your family, unfortunately, um you know determines for you. Very true. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So while while I'm reading about you, um, we learned one of the things we learned um was that you know personal journey 
led to the creation of your books, like your personal journey. And the cre- it's led to the creation of your books and your brand. Um, and that was in the hope of empowering women around the world to take charge of their lives. Um, could, could you please tell us more about this, how your personal journey has, you know, helped? Yes, yes, I can. Um, so Luame is the, is the blog and it's all started. Ironically enough, ladies, everything started because of a simple blog. Um, I, um, I was 24 years old when I found out I was pregnant and my fiance, who's my husband now, we were both college students. We were seniors at, at university, very scared, very young, did not understand anything about the world. Um, and we decided we were going to, you know, have this baby, have, get married afterwards and start a family. And we both had extreme dreams. I mean, I wanted to be secretary of state and he was going to be a pharmacist. He was going to go to chemistry. He was going to go to um, pharmacy school. I was going to go to grad school. Uh, I always knew what I wanted from an early age. And mm-hmm. then the, the, I get pregnant and um, we decide to you know, start this family and come back home to Northern Virginia from where we were. And my life gets kind of like flipped upside down. And what happens is I have my daughter. Um, oh, and before I had my daughter, I should say a, 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 mo- a few months before I got pregnant or before I found out I was pregnant, I lost my father. So getting pregnant was kind of, to me, it was kind of like, I felt like God was basically giving me a gift because he had taken away someone that was so important to me. So I really put my everything into my child, into my new marriage, into like this new life, these new roles that I was, you know, that I had just become. And in doing that, I kind of lost myself. I I forgot who Luam was before Luam became a wife and a mother. And it was, it was an ugly time. It was, and I was very alone because none of my friends had kids. Um, and we kind of, my friends and I kind of like separated almost because we, we had nothing in common anymore. Um, and mm-hmm. I found myself very alone and dealing with postpartum depression after having my baby. Um, I had also gained about 80 pounds with my pregnancy and, you know, so I just didn't like who I was seeing in the mirror. In fact, I didn't, even understand who I was seeing in the mirror. I didn't recognize that woman. And I kind of had to step back and reflect and see, okay, well, how did I get here? What's going on? Right. Um, I lost the weight. It took me about a year to lose the weight, but in doing that, and that's where the fitness coaching and whatnot comes in. But what I learned through that process is you can lose all the weight and you can look as beautiful and as like you know, as healthy as you want on externally. But if your internal isn't happy, if you're not happy internally, nothing on the external is going to make sense to you. It's not going to, you're not going to feel that confidence. You're not going to feel that beauty. You're not going to feel that like radiant, even though to the outside world, you look like, you know, like you're a sunshine, a ray of sunshine, but internally it's so dark. Um, wow. Fast forwarding some years, um, you know, as my, as we were getting older, my friends were starting to have kids and go through the same cycle that I was going through, that I had gone through. So I became like the guru of, you know, of motherhood, even though I I had two kids at that point, but still. So after the birth of my third child in my thirties, I like, I kept having friends call me about the same issues. And so I was like, why don't I just document everything, put, you know, put stories of mine so I can give them examples and that they can something stuff that they can do so that they don't feel this way anymore. 
And I started yeah. stuff in Google Docs. And then one night, my husband and I were talking and I said, you know, I think I want to start a blog. I think, you know, I just, I just, I have all this document, all these documents that I put together for people. Why not just house them in some place? And then anyone forget, not just my friends, but anyone in the world who's going through these things can open up a blog, read it, resonate with it, find a solution for her problem, and then, you know, move on from it. And wow. the blog just took a life of its own. Um, from there came you know, fitness coaching, the training, personal training, from then came life coaching, from there came the Inspired by Luame podcast, and then came Between Two Worlds. So Between Two Worlds, even though it's my first book, it has been really developing in me since the beginning of Luame. And Luame is about to be five years old in May. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> well done. Well That's done. really huge. Like it's really big. Like Faith said, well done. And because oh. um, so guys, you you really need to check out Luami because it's a very amazing box um, blog. We're going to leave every info in the description box. So please check out the blog and also check out Luam's podcast, inspired by Luami. So yeah, thank you, yeah. Luam. So your book is almost the three hundred page book. Um, so I just wanted to ask, um, what was your writing routine like? What was your process like? And what advice might you have for writers that are confused about how to write or that are working on a full-length novel and they're just down? What yeah. advice would you give for writers? My advice to any writer is just start. Start. Um, give yourself an outline. Give yourself a time frame and then backtrack. Um, I'm, I, I have a book club that um, I'm part of, and I always tell the ladies in there that let's say we have, you know, a, a 300 page book um, and we have, you know, 30 days to read it, then divide 300 by 30. That's what 10 pages a day. Right. So you read 10 pages yeah. and then you make sure you give yourself small increments, because if you look at things as a big picture, it can get very, um, uh, what's the word, like intimidating. Right. Like if you see, okay, yeah. oh my gosh, it's 300 page book. I'm, I'm never going to be able to finish this. I'm just not even going to start. Right. But if you just start and you go page by page and you give yourself a timeline um, and you do small increments every day, then it builds up on each other. I think Will Smith said it best in his book, in his um, memoir. Well, he said his father tasked him to, to build this wall and looking at the wall, they were kids, him and his brother. And they were like, this is crazy. This man is crazy. There's no way we can build this wall. But their <laughs> his, dad, his dad told him, you guys stop thinking about the wall. I just want you to think about the 10 bricks that you're going to lay today. 10 bricks is easy. Laying 10 bricks is easy. Laying a wall is really, really hard yeah. in a year. But in that year, they finished the entire wall. And just like that, it took me um, about maybe I started in June. I was done in January, February, actually. So July, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. So about eight, nine months to finish the entire okay. book. Um, believe it or not, it took me way longer than that to edit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but my motto was every day, uh, no, I'm sorry, not every day, three times a week, I am going to write a thousand words. So that's 3,000 words a week. So in a month, in a week, 12,000 words. And I did that consistently. You have to stay consistent. Anything you want in life, yeah. if, you tr if you do it consistently, you will make it. You, it can happen for you. You just can't, you just can't, 
you know, think it's going to, it's just, you can't just think it and then assume it's going to happen when you have free time. It's going to happen. Yeah. You're never going to have free time, but if you work on it consistently in small increments, you will definitely get there. Very true. Consistency is key. And I think we heard this over and over again that's from from different writers from different guests when you ask okay what is it that you do just keep talking they keep talking about consistency because it's the only way actually like you just said if you sit at home and say oh i'll get it done i'll edit this part today or i'll write this part tomorrow and for one like i can be guilty of that um when i don't put a routine to finishing a work and then it just stays laying there but when your intentional, consistent, and you have a schedule, you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to write. And I think your system was very brilliant, writing as little as 1,000 words every day, um, twice a week, rather, and getting 12,000 words in a month. So it was, it was, how do they say, little drops of water makes a mighty ocean. So yeah, it was a very brilliant step. Yes, and it, and it worked. And I'm working on book two now, and I'm using the same concept. Yay! <laughs> we had it here first. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. So, uh, let's just quickly talk about your favorite chapter in the book. You talk about uh, me and him, chapter 10, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. as your favorite chapter. Can you share with our audience something about this chapter? That resonates with you. I've I've seen you read clips of this chapter, and I loved the way you were reading it. Actually, like it was very yum. Just talking about what goes on in that scene between Annabella and a certain man. So, what yeah. makes this chapter really special for you? The book is fiction, but like you said, you know, it, it's my grandmother's life story. Um, and yeah, and the reason why it's fiction is because there are so many parts of her life that she just didn't share with us, and so. I had to, you know, make that that part, like make that part up, right? And in this yeah. chapter, chapter 10, um, it's when Annabella meets a certain man and it's just the where she's sitting, what she's doing, how she's thinking, you know, the conversation between the two of them is so alive mm-hmm. for me. And I just, I see her so much in it that it's, it's my favorite chapter. It's just... <laughs> You know, even the way she's sipping her cappuccino and she's like, you know, enjoying yeah. That. And you, you guys know the African sun is amazing. You know, <laughs> in, the, in East Africa or West Africa, that sunshine is just unbelievable. Yes, she's just it's embracing just... it all and absorbing it. And and the fact that this man comes, blocks her sunlight, you know, and expects to have a conversation with her is mind blowing to me. First of all, like the audacity, and then the the response. Yeah. <laughs> It's the audacity, actually. <laughs> the response she gives, not only him, but once you read the book, like you'll see the response she gives to the waitress that comes as well. Um, and it's very, it, it's a very proud moment for me as her granddaughter. Yeah. To, because the waitress, and I'll just tell you a small snippet of it. The, uh, the wait, obviously, you know, the man that comes is a very handsome man and the waitress likes him and she kind of becomes standoffish towards Annabella. And the minute Annabella tells the waitress that she, you know, she's covering her own bill, the waitress is shocked. She doesn't, she, didn't, she doesn't understand the concept of a woman paying for herself when a man has offered to pay for her. Um, and, I know. <laughs> and, and, and in the 1950s. And 
this woman was so inspired by Annabella's, you know, decision by her power. Um, just, you know, just, and I, I don't know, I just, I love it. I love the whole dialogue. Yeah. It speaks so much to how powerful um, Annabella is as a woman and basically just speaking about powerful women. And I think that scene just like collates a lot of things just from, like you said, the dialogue, the scenery, everything that goes on between her and this man and the waitress. And I can understand why it would be your favorite chapter. So guys, please, um, when you get a copy on Amazon, just yeah. um, let us know if this is also your favorite chapter in the book, because if Luam says it's my favorite chapter, then I think it has to be everyone's favorite chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, Luam, so let's talk a bit about your personal life. And I'll, I'll um, be asking questions about um, how, how do you manage being a mom you know, owning a blog. And can you please tell us, um, talk to us briefly about your blog, what you um what you like about your blog, what your blog is about, yeah. and just and just how you manage being a mom, a life coach, a fitness um enthusiast and your podcast. How do you manage all that? Um well I, I pray a lot. God really helps me, honestly. Oh there is sometimes I wonder how how I'm able to even manage half the stuff on my to-do list looking back at it. But um, I have four children. Um, they range from the age of 14 to six months. My youngest just turned six months. Um, and it, they, are, they are a full-time job, I should say, because they're very busy, very active. They have very active lives. Um, yeah. Luckily for me, um, in 2019, I quit my full-time job to run Luame as full-time. So that was a big help because I could really focus my creativity on Luame. And that's when it grew um, to a great length at that point. Um, now, as far as like the blog, the blog has four sections to it. Uh, there is mother. There are blogs on motherhood. There are blogs mm -hmm. on relationships. There's blogs on healthy living. And then there's blog on women empowerment. Because I believe that, I firmly believe that one empowered woman, if she supports another another woman, that woman will become empowered and it will she'll pass the chain and go on and on and on. And that's how we all grow. This world is so yeah. big. So this ample, even if there's are if there are thousands of trainers, I am different than you know than the uh, the next person, the next person. So I, I don't believe in competition. I believe in community. I believe in yeah. up together. Um and the way that I manage my time is um, I dedicate, I, like you said earlier, Afoma, I have, you know, you have to be in a routine and I have very strict routines. Um, there is time for, you know, my me time, which I focus just on me. Okay. There's time for my clients. There's time for my children. There's time for my spouse. There's time for my friends. There's time for, you know, for work. Um, and and, and in, in the midst of all of that, when things get chaotic, as they often do, I give myself grace. Because yeah. I am just one person and I had to learn, I, I did actually get burned out in the beginning of COVID and I took a break from everything. And, and it's through that reflection time that I was really able to see that I am one person and one person. Yeah. So I, I just, yeah. And I have to just focus on what's important to me today. So I have, I build myself to-do lists in the morning. 
Um, I have weekly to-do lists every Sunday that I build out. And then every morning I build out what I'm going to focus on or the night before. And if things get done, great. If they don't, I'm okay with it as well. And I had to learn that again, the hard way, not to be hard on yourself because, you know, you're not going to get everything done. The other thing is, um, you know, in the beginning, I was doing a little bit of everything. And so what I saw happening is I wasn't focused. And so things kind of declined on me. And so mm -hmm. now I don't do as much as on the blog. It's like very scarce. There isn't that consistency. And what I want your listeners to understand is when you're building something, when you're building your legacy, when you're building your, your business, then you have to concentrate on that business and be consistent. But once it has a flow and that will happen, then you can kind of like lay back on it and then build something else. And you let that, you let whatever you're building build up on what you already have. You don't completely, mm -hmm. you just build up. Mm -hmm. So Luame blog, it's, it's already built up. It's already, it already has a solid foundation. So what I did was I added the life coaching on top of it. And then I built the life coaching. And then once that increased, you know, with the personal training, once that got to a great hold, then I added the podcast. And now I've kind of weaned out of the podcast and we're going into the book season, you know, so there's different seasons, even in business, but everything kind yeah. of up on one another until you get to this really beautiful flower. And when that flower blooms is when you've reached your peak. Now the point, the, you know, the idea is never to actually reach that peak because you don't, you always want to keep growing, right? You never want to, yeah. yeah. never want to be stagnant. You always want to grow. Um, and so I'm, I'm just growing every day. And when I look back at the five years and how I, how I managed everything, I'm telling you, ladies, it's just God. God really looks out for me. And I just, I'm just doing, I think it's because I'm living my true purpose. I'm within my purpose that everything just kind of like flow, you know, yeah. you're, not, you're, yeah. not fighting. you're not, you're not, you're not fighting with yourself. You're just letting things flow, letting things go. Um, and that's how I manage. Yeah. Wow. Like you, you are actually so inspiring. I, I like how you talk, you talk about what you do with passion and how you talk about the God factor, God being in the center of everything and how you've managed over the years. And it's so amazing to know that your blog is turning five. Like it's because when you started, it started as something little and now it's grown to be something bigger than it was in the beginning and that's what every every creative is about growth yeah. like you said and it's, it's just really amazing to see thank you so so much for for joining us for sharing your experience you, with us talking about your book and everything so this was an amazing conversation it was thank you for having me i so much enjoyed it i am going to i uh, I'm supposed to go to Eritrea and Ethiopia for summer, so maybe we can get together if I come to Nigeria. Aww, oh, love that. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that. So, guys, please follow Luam on Instagram at Luami underscore. Listen to our podcast, Inspired by Luami, and follow the blog Luami. You can also order a copy of the book from Amazon. Like we said yeah. earlier, we'll leave um, a description in the description box for you to follow. And uh, again, thank you so much, Luam. We truly appreciate your time and look forward to seeing more from you. And hopefully, we'll have that get together when you're in Nigeria. Yes, yeah. yeah.
thank, thank you, you so much um please don't forget to follow us on our social media handles if you haven't and please share this ep- share the episode share the podcast with your friends and fellow book lovers and lovers of african literature and like we are even going global so ah uh, not we are not just restricted to africa now just Take us international. Share it with your friends. All right. So, bye, guys. Have a lovely day. See you guys next episode. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening. Kindly follow us on our social media platforms at the Writer's Source Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And do send us a mail on the Writer's Source Podcast at gmail.com. Keep listening to us across the various platforms. Basically, everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Podcasts, do favorite us on Anchor, and we would love to see your ratings. The Writer's Source Podcast is hosted by Ufoma and Faith.